everybody, welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies, and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And we're going to get right into it, and I will throw this over to Bill. Well, thank you. Hey, what do you get when you cross a famous writer with a mountain of cocaine? Hmm. You get the book that, that was uh, used for my first pick, which is Cujo. That's right. Oh. <laughs> Cujo. It's, um, it's, okay, so, and I say this, I don't think I'm speaking out of school, because Stephen King has said this is the book he doesn't remember writing, and he feels bad about it because he kind of likes the book, and he wishes, uh, you know, he could remember the enjoyment of writing it, but he doesn't. <laughs> so Cujo, as everyone knows, is probably one of the most, if not the most popular dog name, especially if you have a St. Bernard about a big old St. Bernard being raised by some white trash out in Maine, and he uh, is chasing a rabbit, sticks his head in a hole, and gets bit by a, by a rabid bat. And then he turns into a rabid St. Bernard. And meanwhile, a uh, mother and her son are trapped in a car with this vicious, giant, behemoth dog. And people periodically come to get them, and uh, the dog kills them. Meanwhile, the husband and the wife is having an affair, so there's all that going on. Uh, has not only that on his mind, but his big account for some Fruity Pebbles type cereal that they changed the dye they used in it. And it caused kids to start pooping bright red poop, which looked like blood. Mm -hmm. So yeah, his whole account is going down the tubes and, and we have that. And you really feel like uh, between that and Bewitched, I just think it got the worst job on earth has got to be like advertising, you know, mm -hmm. just, just the absolute <laughs> worst. You're throwing ideas out, then you finally get one that's successful. He has like a Mr. Whipple type character, and then kids start pooping blood, and now, you know, uh, it all just goes to hell. So I remember enjoying the book quite a bit. And the movie is good. It's probably as good as it can be, but you realize, you know, this is one of those, it's not really a cinematic book. It takes place mostly in one very small set, and there's not a whole lot of narrative rust going on here do the best they can with the dogs um and that dog does look pretty miserable sometimes <laughs> just droopy eyed red all full of blood and foam and everything so i mean it's it's middling stephen king adaptation but it, it's i think it's pretty good but man kudos to d wallace stone who just gives a hell of a performance if there are any justice in the world that would have been talked about for some awards, but they don't give Academy Awards to movies about a giant rabid St. Bernard. So, mm -hmm. um, so if you want to watch Cujo, it's on uh, Max, Hulu Max. Nice. Yeah, pretty nice. And over to Paul. Another good boy. Why, thank you. <laughs> please, please forgive me for one second. I just want to interject really quickly. If anybody wants to listen to a uh, Bill, take a deep dive on Cujo. Uh -oh. His other podcast, Decades of Horror, the 1980s, just released their Cujo episode today. Oh, see, she's on. What today. a coincidence. How do, I, how, do I, how do I come up with all, all these things? It's like I am totally double dipping. If we. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. It works out well for me because then if I watch the movie, then I can watch the longer video and it works out oh. really well. I like it. And, and when you there hear you my second suggestion, I'm just going to tell you that's going to be our next one. Ooh. <laughs> well, let me tell you about my suggestion, which is sort of related to yours, Bill. I mean, it's uh -oh. kind of a literary thing. Well, it deals, it actually, the author who's actually a, a, the, a bigger horror than, horror author than, not horror, bigger horror author than 
Stephen King. Oh, you're right the first time. I, I have a question for you. Yeah? Do you read Sutter Kane? Yes, that's right. I'm recommending In the Mouth of Madness by, by uh, John Carpenter from 1995. In it, you have a Sam Neill plays a private detective who is hired to track down Sutter Kane, the biggest horror author of the 20th century, who's gone missing right before his new book, In the Mouth of Madness, comes out. Hmm. Um, he's hired by his the publisher, played by Charlton Heston. It is, uh, this is John Carpenter doing Lovecraft. This is a very kind of Lovecraftian film. It's actually the third of what uh, Carpenter called his Apocalypse Trilogy, which started with The Thing, and then um, uh, Prince of Darkness, and then this one. They aren't necessarily, they're not really related. They all kind of deal with an apocalypse, as it were. This, in in the case where Sutter Kane his his writing is so horrific that it can drive people insane and possibly even warp reality itself. And uh, Sam Neill plays John Trent, this investigator who just thinks it's all a publicity stunt. Well, he's wrong. This film gets very wild, very has lots of really cool creatures at points, um, though often kind of partially obscured in darkness. But I think K and B were the people who did the special effects. Um, and has some really neat effects and definitely gets very, very, very meta at a certain point. Um, just really great. I think it's one of those ones that captures the feel of Lovecraft stuff um, without the racism. It does have the ableism, though, because it does deal with madness, as it were. Um, but it is a, it's a great film. I absolutely love this. So where is this playing? It's playing on Roku, Criterion, and Tubi. And remember to read Sutter Kane. And speaking of people who's, if you read their stuff, it'll drive you crazy. I will pass this to Renee. Well, thank you so much. So my first suggestion is a lovely spooky movie just in time for Halloween. Unfortunately, no, it's not. We are recording this on Monday, but you're not going to hear this till Friday. I'm so sorry. Anyway, I'd recommend it. Uh, regardless <laughs> you should still watch it <laughs> so this movie is from 2018 it is the nun yay yeah this movie so it's connected to the conjuring universe and it actually opens with a scene from the conjuring it talks about how lorraine warren and her daughter could both see this demon that has taken the form of a super creepy nun and fun little fact lorraine warren is played by vera farmiga and her sister, Taysa Farmiga, plays Sister Irene in The Nun. This parlays into the origin story of this nun. So this is where the nun movie comes in. It kind of covers the origin of the demon referenced in The Conjuring. Okay, so it begins where these, these nuns have, or I should say a nun has hanged herself at a monastery. And they send in a priest and a nun to investigate what happened and just basically see what's going on. You know, they send somebody in from the Vatican in the beginning. Uh, there is a scene with, with Michael smiley <laughs> and you barely know it's him. He's only in there for a few minutes, but if you, if you know him enough, I guess you'll, you hear his voice and you're like, wait a minute. Um, and I just love him so much. I remember him mostly as tires from the show spaced. Very funny. You should watch that. Anyway, father Burke is played by Demian Bashir. And again, Sister Irene is played by Tessa Farmiga. And they meet up with this gentleman who has to be called Frenchie. 
And in the beginning of the movie, he kind of comes off like a dirty little dog. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but his, but I will say his demeanor changes pretty quickly. They get to the Abbey and they find out that there's a very dark history and evil or this demon that has been trapped inside of this Abbey has found a way to escape. And they basically, uh, they're going through doing this investigation at the same time, dealing with their own history, their own issues. And ultimately they find a way to reseal the gateway and everything works out perfectly. And there are never any sequels. Or are there? Dun, dun, dun. Uh -uh. <laughs> and I'll pass this back to Bill. <laughs> you know, you know, when uh, Paul mentioning Sam Neill, I, I keep forgetting just how many great things that guy has been in. Mm. You know, when you oh, really yeah. talk, you know, if you, you talk about films and actors and everything, it's like, dang, this guy, this guy is in almost everything. And I keep thinking he's in even more because I always get him and Hugo Weaving mixed up too. But, mm. well, back to Stephen King and cocaine. Um, and, and look, you know, I, I joke and everything, but for a couple of things. One, Stephen King couldn't care less what I say about him. Why should he? Um, yeah, you know, and uh, listen, the good thing is he overcame it. You know, he went through some really bad times mm -hmm. and uh, his family helped get him through it. And, you know, thank God. Because even though I I've sort of fell out of my love for Stephen King stuff, I still really, really love early novels just super good stuff and can't argue with success hey anything that gets people reading right mm. so he kind of got there was a time it was called the 1980s when everything he did got made into a movie if he scribbled a note on a napkin they they would option it every single book and i, I think in the end that's maybe what hurt him I, I don't know if he started writing books with the idea that they'd be made into movies or if he started writing books with the idea that they wouldn't be made into movies, but for whatever reason, it just, his style kind of changed for, for my taste. Um, but he didn't like what a, a, a lot of the adaptations and there's good reason. Cause some of them are terrible. Like just dang man, you know? Um, so he decided I'm going to direct my own movie. I'm going to write it and I'm uh -oh. going to direct it. He <laughs> took one of his short, he took a short story of his trucks, which is about, trucks taking over the world driving on their own basically like steven uh, um, spielberg's duel made into a feature film and he made 1986 maximum overdrive and there is no question how they were going to sell this film the trailer for it is stephen king looking his absolute stephen king gooberist i really feel like i'm trashing the guy here but again why should he care what i think but stephen king is an odd looking guy when, especially when he tries to look odd looking. And so you got him there and he's staring at the camera, slightly cross-eyed. He, he looks like, he looks like the character he played in creep show. And he's just basically saying, I'm going to scare the hell out of you. I'm Stephen goddamn King. And this time I'm pulling the strings. One of the posters actually had him as a puppet master pulling the strings of Emilio Estevez and all the other actors in this movie. It's like, wow, it's Stephen King. So yeah, this is going to be unadulterated Stephen King. Well, uh, Maximum Overdrive is terrible. It is just terrible but it's so bad that it is one of those films that kind of kind of flips into entertaining trash circles so back around the machine <laughs> circles back around and, and it gives you it gives you the stupidest explanation there's apparently there's a comet we're going through the tail of a comet 
and that's causing machines to come to life. Later, it's implied that there was actually an alien UFO, and this was their way of taking over. This was their Plan 10 from outer space here. And machines, not all of them, though. So people are driving cars, no problem, but the trucks are after them. The, the cars <laughs> apparently don't turn, but some do. But so does like a, a carving knife. Electric turkey carver comes to life. There's, you know, that doesn't make sense. None of this makes any sense at all. The characters are pretty broad. Emilio Estevez is actually not too bad in this film. Uh, But, you know, you've got these very broadly made characters and who lives, who dies. You really don't care too much. It's got the woman who is the voice of Lisa, Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson. Hmm. And apparently that's her actual voice. (laughs) And between the fact that that's her actual voice and the fact that they write her as a whining, annoying character, you <laughs> cannot wait for her to die. You are rooting for the trucks. And yet she survives. Spoiler alert. I'm sorry, but that's she survives. Uh, yeah, this, this is just not good. There's nothing good about it. It's not well made. It's not particularly well edited. It does have the cool thing of the the head truck i guess the the main truck has the green goblin spider-man's green goblin on the front this was made at a time when i guess marvel never thought that they would ever have any ip to defend if they tried to remake this and they keep talking about remaking it. in fact stephen king's son who's become quite successful um is talking about remaking this i guess to redeem his dad's one great shame uh, I, 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 <laughs> I i i just say don't don't. It's it's not a great idea. I don't think there's any way to make it a great idea. Marvel's probably not going to let you use the Green Goblin. So that's the one thing that we remember fondly about it that you probably wouldn't even get to use. And uh, just let it go. Let it go. You know, just, just, just dive into your giant room full of money and, and don't let it go, you know. Uh, but he, he even he knows. He, if there's anyone, whatever I can say about Maximum Overdrive, there is nothing I could say that would be worse than what Stephen King says about this. In fact, I think he's a little too harsh on it. It is entertaining. It is not boring. Mm. It's it's silly, and, and it, there's all kinds of things wrong with it. It doesn't have any of his many strengths as a writer. But, um, yeah, this was also made at a time when things were, were pretty bad for him, when ideas that were not good seem like good ideas, but that's the coke talking, and you need to know that, so... You know, it's a cautionary tale. But there you go. Where can you find it? You can find it on Tubi, of course. You know what? Tubi should just change. They should just change their model to, if it ain't on Tubi, it ain't shit. <laughs> well, I, I put that on a bumper sticker or something, you know? Perfect. Get, get some uh, background singers to sing it in a nice <laughs> jaunty tune. So, um, well, that's there you go. Now I'm going to send this to someone who, as far as I know, has never tried cocaine. Because... His body is a temple, big, hairy temple. And that's Paul. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I, I, I eat caramel creams and uh, Mary Jane's mm. instead. Um, oh, well, actually, it's funny enough. The one I have, the movie I have is is not on Tubi, but but oh. it ain't shit. Oh. <laughs> and the other way. It's actually fantastic. It is the 2016 Korean film, The Wailing. It's uh, oh, an absolutely yeah. amazing film. Yeah, it's it's a horror film, but it's a drama. It's it is two and a half hours long, but well worth it. Uh, and what's interesting is a lot of like South Korean films take place in the city. I mean, it's it, almost all of them. Instead, this takes place in a very rural town. 
um, where there's kind of a mysterious sickness spreading. Is it the mushrooms? Is it the strange Japanese man who moved up into the nearby town, near you know, outside of town? Um, it's up to a local policeman to try to figure out what's going on, especially once his family starts getting sick. Um, in, and what's neat about this one is a lot of times you're watching a film and you're like, oh, well, you kind of know what's going on, but the characters don't. No, this year, almost pretty much as up in the air as this character, and you're you're not sure. A lot of times you scream into the character, you know, do this, you should do that. This here you don't know. You're like, oh my god, I'm I'm just as put out by this. Um, it's really fantastic. Like a lot of Korean films, it uh, it gets fairly emotional too. Um, really well worth your time. It's excellent. Again, it's 2016, The Wailing. Um, again, again, what's really neat about one of the neat things is because you don't usually see a lot of these um, rural. The rural life of small, small rural town mm-hmm. in in Korea, as opposed to you know the big city. So where are you saying this? You can't see it on Tubi, but you can see it on Amazon Prime, Netflix, Fubo, Peacock, Cocoa, Hopla, what? Canopy, Pluto TV, Vicky Rakuten, uh, Dark Matter, Film Rise, and Haya. That's oh. the wailing. <laughs> Some of these just sound made up. Like we could we just make our own channel? Truly. Yes. So speaking about somebody who should have their own channel, I'm passes to Renee. Well, thank you so much. I'm gonna register the domain for one of those names once we get off of here. As soon as I'm done talking to Steven. He's standing outside my front door. So <laughs> so my next movie is surprise, surprise, it is the nun too. Yay! Yeah, it just came out on HBO Max, and I will forever call it HBO Max. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. So this takes place about four years after the first movie, and a priest has died, and essentially the evil, the evil is spreading. The evil has gotten out, and once again, our our uh, sister Irene has come in to save the day with our beloved Frenchie. And uh, spoiler alert, they do, you do find out his name. Anyway, I forgot to mention something very important, which is the the nun is played by Bonnie Ahrens, and she's great. She plays the nun in the first movie and this movie. So once again, they are battling this demon and working with some kids who are affected by this particular demon. And it's just good. I liked it quite a bit. It was very creepy. It had just some great, uh, very spooky, spooky ooky. I loved it. It was very good. And I don't really want to tell you too much more because it just came out. So I really don't want to give like any spoilers away whatsoever. <laughs> so yeah, that is The Nun 2. And you can find that on Max. HBO Max, that is. So does anybody uh, have anything they would like to say or uh... sing? Sing, yeah. Free I could do some wailing. Oh God, you could just <laughs> want to wail us out. <laughs> some whale sounds. It does sound like whale songs. For the weekend of November third, Bill recommended Cujo, available on Max and Directv, and Maximum Overdrive on Tubi and Pluto. Paul recommended In the Mouth of Madness, available on Tubi and Roku, and The Wailing, available on Prime, Peacock, and Pluto. 
I recommended The Nun on HBO Max and Tubi and The Nun 2 on HBO Max. In some of the parts like in, uh, how is it, Oregon or so, places that are in danger of tsunamis, they, the, what the sound they use is mooing cows. So if, the, if you hear <laughs> mooing cows drifting through the air, that's the sign to head for high ground. I guess their thing was sirens. Nobody knows what sirens mean. It could mean anything. It could mean fire. It could mean it's 12 o'clock. It could mean whatever. Uh-huh. So they needed something distinctive that you would definitely, there's no way a cow could be that loud. So, you know, you know that that's tsunami. But you got to let people know these things because there was a, we had a fire drill at our school once and they had changed the sound. <laughs> so when it, when it happened, it wasn't actually a fire drill. No, it was a tornado drill. And we hear this sound and we're like, what is that? I don't know. Well, so we took the kids outside, which, as it turns out, is not what you do during a tornado, as we were, you know, explicitly informed oh, no. uh, later that day. Uh, we had an after after school meeting and uh, kind of got chewed out. But, you know. <laughs> oh, well. Following is a routine public test of the Cannon Beach Fire District Community Warning System. Test.